other brothers cannot deny that when a gal walks in with a small waist and that round thing in your face, you get sprung, want to pull up tough because you notice that the backside was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing, I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I want to get with you and take your picture. My homeboys, they try to warn me, but with that backside, well, you make me so oh, rumple smooth skin. You want to get in my bins? Well, use me, use me, because you ain't that average groupie. I, I've seen her dancing. The hell with romancing. She's sweat, wet, got it going like a turbo vet. I'm tired of magazines, frankly, saying flat putts are the thing. Take the average brown man and ask him that? She's got to pack much back. So, fellas, fellas, yeah? Has your girlfriend got the butt? Hell yeah. Well, tell him to shake it. Shake it. Shake that healthy butt. Baby got back. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, shit. Um, you guys know, if you've listened long enough, that I have a fascination with asses. I do. It's my thing. Um, here's the thing, though. Once upon a time, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, actually it was Newport Beach, uh, my girlfriend and I then, girlfriend who eventually became my wife, we went to some kind of concert in the park. And unbeknownst to me, a girl walked by with a very virtuous cleavage. Now, I, I appreciate boobs. I'm not against boobs. It's just that they, they don't draw my attention. But what she was wearing, particularly on this day, and just kind of in the mood that I was, I kind of just stared a little bit too long. I've never been a starer. I think that that's creepy. Uh, I think that it's off-putting. It, 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 it's not something that I do. But every now and again, the, the stars align. And, and if somebody's wearing just the right thing, I can't help it. My, my eyes are drawn to it. Anyways, so I'm looking at this gal for a little bit too long. And my girlfriend just snaps and says, like, why don't you fucking take a picture? It will last longer. And now this wasn't her joking self. This was her pissed off that I had been staring too long and she had caught me staring and I had not the presence of mind to knock it off. So I'm like, oh shit, you know, babe, uh, I'm sorry. And what I, you know, just to give a little bit of even more background, at the time, this girlfriend, she was very self-conscious about her breasts. She didn't have very big breasts. She had always been made fun of them. And, uh, and so me staring at what she did not have, kind of just put a wedge between us at that given point in time, and she had to voice it, and, and, and I had to make amends for it. And I realized at that point, and I was in my very early 20s, maybe 21, 22, I realized you cannot get caught again because it's hurtful to the person that you're with. Now, 
that girlfriend eventually became my wife. And it's interesting because something happens when you have children or when a woman goes through childbirth and their body changes. And a lot of things have happened and we don't look the way the same way that we were at 20. But my wife has, it's going to sound like an asshole thing to, to say, but she has filled out quite nicely. And what she was worried about before is certainly not a problem now. Um, and although it's not my main draw, uh, it's still something that I appreciate that she got. And every now and then she throws that in my face, both literally and figuratively. But it was like, well, what the fuck happened? I thought you weren't a boof guy. And I'm like, well, but, you know, if you got him. So I learned back then, though, that I never wanted to hurt in that way, that I never wanted to get caught in that point where I am staring at somebody uh, so long that it causes her to question you know, who I am, because I'm not a leering person. Like I said, I, it just, it doesn't come to me unless something very special comes along and then I, I do stare. And so I've developed these um, strategies, I guess, where I will do v super quick looks, but I have trained myself that after, I've given myself, uh, you know, I've given myself that look and I've snapped that photo in, in my head that I stopped looking and I make it a point not to look that way. And who knows? I've never asked her this. Maybe I should. But to this day, she has never called me on, on anything like that again. Because I will take a quick look, and it takes a fraction of a second. I snap the photo in my head, and I move on. And the strategy is helping me now because I have a young daughter. I have somebody who I'm raising who I want her to be mindful of. Uh, well, I, I want her to, to understand that men can be respectful, that they can appreciate beauty, that they can acknowledge it, that they can see it in others, but it doesn't have to be this unctuous, leery, creepy, pervy thing. And so this all kind of came to a head today, and the reason why I'm talking to you guys about it is because uh, I've been with the kids now for about two weeks for the winter break. They're about to go to uh, return back to school next week, and although I have been very easy on them for just go to sleep whenever you guys want, you guys can play video games. I guess there are some projects around the house that we've been doing, but for the most part, I've let them have their time to just decompress during these two weeks and just be kids and not have to worry about, you know, the usual ebb and flow of our house, which is very go, 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 go once uh, everybody returns to school. Anyways, so... <clears throat> Because we are getting ready and prepping for, for the return back to school, um, my son's hair is getting to be very, very long. And, <clears throat> you know, to the point where I'm uncomfortable with it. It's greasy. It's oily. Uh, he, the dandruff is kind of an issue now. And he just needs to, he just needs to cut that fucking hair, hippie. And so I've been threatening him with it, and every every day passes, and we don't do it, and we don't do it. But today, finally, it's like, hey, let's go get it out there, and you know, let's cut it super short, so that way, when you return back to school, it'll be in good length, and then you don't have to worry for another month, month and a half, right? And the and I guess you know, have we've talked on the show before about how like money's tight? Well. We want to stretch out these haircuts for as long as possible. So that's part of the reason why I've let her go on so long, too, is that, you know, it's 40 bucks for, all, for both of us to go get our haircuts. And I know some families do it every two and a half weeks. We sometimes do it every other month and a half, right? But, again, if it becomes overgrown, 
we need to go out and get it. And so we went to the local barber shop, and I like Mexican barbers. Um, yeah, I, I used to, back in the day, when I was going through my bohemian uh, years, my 20s, and when sparing no expense was, was a thing, where I would used to go to stylists. And it, it was nothing to spend 100, 100, and, well, not, not that much, maybe 60, 70 bucks on a, on a haircut, and then you have the tip. And it was just kind of a thing that I did, and I enjoyed, and I looked, for me, fair, you know, relatively close to perfect. Uh, but nowadays, you know, I've scaled that back. So anyways, but but the other thing too is that whenever I went to those stylists, my girlfriend didn't like the way that they cut it. It wasn't it, it was styled, yes, but it was it wasn't something that she liked. And again, what I've realized over time is that my I have kind of a duty to cater to her. I I I love attention. I love compliments. Uh, I love receiving them from, I fish for them all the time. You call me on it whenever you hear me fishing here on the show, but I adore getting compliments. And if I can do whatever I can to get them from her, I will do it. So that means that if she likes a haircut a specific way, I will go out there and get it because I am looking for that money shot compliment where it's like, oh, you look fantastic. Or she has this thing where she loves to stroke the back of my uh, my neck when it's very, very short. It, it, there's this velvety feeling to my hair, and she has always loved and, uh, to stroke me that way, for lack of a better term. And so if I can go out there and recreate that, of course I'm going to do it. And Mexican barbers uh, know how to do that for whatever reason. And... Uh, so we go. We go to a local uh, Mexican spot here in near near town, and you know we we have a person that we go to. We'll wait in line even sometimes for you know, 30, 40 minutes just for the specific person who knows how to do it quite right, and uh, and so we went out there and got a haircut for. Um, but I'm gonna wait another week and a half uh, because again, I'm I'm still kind of on break. And I won't be going back to work until next week. And so I figured I can let my hair grow a little bit longer. And I'm also doing this thing uh, during December where I'm not shaving at all. So I have the stubble. And I kind of want to look a little ratty for a little bit while longer before I go back to, you know, business Hugo. Anyways, so we're at the barbershop. And he's dreading it. He's hating it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to do it. But it's his turn at the chair. And I kind of asked the... uh, uh, the person who was going to cut his hair, this is what we want, and we want a number two number here, and we want there it to be tapered in the back, and no, we want we don't we want a long sideburn, and all the you know the way that you ask for a haircut, and they kind of got it, and I'm looking at the mirror, and I tell my youngest, my daughter, who happens to be with me with us, uh, to go grab a magazine so that we can read something while she's there, and um, and she goes, and what does she do? She picks at random and she chooses a Maxim magazine. Now, she's under 10 years old, right? A fantastic reader, super smart, super bright, but she's at that point in time when she's starting to realize that there is such a a thing as the concept of sexiness is something she doesn't quite understand, but she knows that it's a thing, and she's pushing back against it. She just wants to be a kid, but, it's, but a lot of times in her shows or in the things that we watch on TV, there's these dramas and these romances. And she realizes that that 
that is going to be coming here at one point or another. And she is pretending that she hates it, but she likes it. She's drawn to it, but she doesn't know quite a deal with it. And so she goes through these bouts of when she sees something that would be considered, <clears throat> I don't know, um, alluring to the to regular folks. She's like, oh, gross. You know, it's it's kind of like how boys are when they're saying that, you know, chicks are nasty when they're when, you know, in fact, they like them and, you know, or, or pulling hair when you like somebody. She's going through the girl version of that. And so she picks up this magazine, Maxim, and she claims that she doesn't want to see it, but at the same time she does. And I tell her, well, it's fine. You know, we'll just look through it and whatnot. And uh, actually, Maxim has changed from when I was growing up, or maybe it hasn't, and, and, and I just don't remember it because it's been many, many years since I've had a subscription. But actually, there's a lot of photography for, you know, that's centered to sell men clothes. Uh, and, I've, and it's back in my day, it was called Metrosexual, but it hasn't had a change, and it's very you know, uh, clothes that are very form-fitting, uh, pants that are really tapered, haircuts that are definitely stylized and, and very coiffed, and, and the men have strong cheekbones and they're beautiful and whatnot. And that there's a lot of photography to tell you this is exactly how you want to dress if you're a modern man. Well, actually, the magazine was from like 19, uh, 2006. But, you know, if you're a modern man, this is what you're supposed to look like at. But, of course, in every Maxim magazine, there's that component of there's a girl that they're featuring, a Maxim girl, and, you know, in this one, it's, it's well, actually, there's a couple, um, and there's a black girl, and there's an Asian girl, and there's a white girl, and each one of them will has its own, her own, uh, you know, uh, set of photos. And the moment that we get to, she, re to get to those photos, my daughter recoils, and it's like, oh, gross, I'm like, come on, dude, it's just, you know, the girls are in underwear, it's just underwear. Or it's, hey, it's just boobs. Let's relax. Let's just be... And I'm looking through the pages, but I'm not flipping them over quickly like, oh, shit, this doesn't exist. It's like it exists. It's, you know, something that's, a, you know, that, that's out there and it's available, but we don't need to... Dad doesn't need to focus on it and leer on it and cut it out or sit there and stare at it. You know, it's like, oh, okay, there's a pretty girl. We acknowledge that she's a pretty girl. Yeah, she's scantily clad. Uh, the photo quality is quite fantastic, but let's look at it. Let's let's have it registered. Let's not pretend that it doesn't exist, and let's move on to the next page and whatnot. And it, I guess my point is this. I want my daughter to understand that dad is a human being and that he still finds other people attractive and other people find him attractive. He still, I still live within the regular world that everybody lives in, but what dad is not is a creeper or a perv, at least, you know, not to her. I don't ever, I don't ever want her to see that. I would be embarrassed to, for my daughter to ever see me be disrespectful towards women and most certainly her, her mom, um, but certainly, you know, but also other women. I, I don't want that. At the same time, I don't want, I, I want my children to understand that I'm still a man. That there's still things that strike my fancy and that visually there are things that are attractive and alluring and that it's okay to register them, it's okay to acknowledge them, but that we got to be mindful of how we appreciate and that we don't push it to the point where you make other people uncomfortable, right? And so it, it really got, got me thinking about the concept of 
you know, uh, how we objectify people and objectification and, you know, um, so with that being said, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. I, I also live in a, in a very weird time or who knows, maybe men have always been the same. We, you know, we just wear different plumage. But I have this idea, this concept that we're all, you know, still animals and that throughout time, men and women have adorned themselves in many different ways to, you know, attract others. And so we're basically like birds and we do these dances and we wear these colors and we fluff our feathers in order to attract a mate. And you can have cars or you can have uh, or you can modify your body or you can wear different clothes or you can do all these fucking, you know, things. But at, at the end of the day, it's all a show so that you can allure the body. And, and I mean, allure the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever it is that you're attracted to. We go through these rituals in order to attract. And I have found that married men, married women, um, single and all, they, we all do it in some way, shape or form. If you have enough confidence or you're in that state of mind, you will you 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 dress in such a way that you attract. And it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't always have to mean that the purpose of it has to be sex, but there's something to be said about being attractive. I talked about this on the show before, especially in sales. There is an innate confidence that comes from wearing the right thing, from sh- suiting up and showing up, and for being there to, you know, for a purpose, and to be wearing the garb that makes you feel the best, and you, you, th- that confidence shows itself in, 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 in a sales kind of career, it's extremely important. It's paramount to have that. You have to project that confidence to your client because if they don't be- if you don't believe in yourself, they won't believe in you and you won't get that contract. You won't make that sale. Things won't happen. It takes a great deal of propping up to get you there. And so I very much believe that, you know, that, that we go through these dances and these rituals to attract. So again, it's not always about sex. But... When I was growing up, um, who knows? I mean, I, I guess it was kind of a frumpy age, you know? Back in the 90s, we were going to the grunge times. And you know, a lot of the girls that I went to school with, they wore kind of, you know, bigger pants. Also, this is East L.A. So, you know, kind of being the cholo look was a thing. And so, you know, baggy pants, Big, you know, uh, sweaters, bomber jackets and shit, uh, you know, jeans that kind of like rumpled up around the waist because you kind of had to fold them over because they were, you know, a size and a half too big. Uh, maybe you got a little bit of midriff showing uh, with some of the cholas, but other than that, you didn't see much. I mean, everybody was wearing like these bigger pants. They were going, it almost seems like they were rebelling against the concept of being attractive. The only ones that were really wearing anything like that were the 30-year-olds that were playing high school kids over at 90210. <clears throat> but nowadays, uh, yoga pants are a thing. And one of the fucking virtues, I, or uh, good things about this time, is that yoga pants are uh, an acceptable, and I know I've talked about this before, but I, I, I because it's a fucking thing for me. The yoga pants are an acceptable wear out and about, and fuck, there's a lot of shapely, attractive moms out there in the world. Uh, and they wear these fucking pants, and you know, that's why I have to have strategies because you know, drop off is a fucking minefield. You could be 
staring left and right at things. And I, again, I don't want to be that guy, but it's hard not to like be drawn to it. It's like, you know, target rich environment when it comes to the eyesight. Um, and I'll be honest with you, uh, sunlight is a wonderful fucking thing. Because sometimes some of these pants are a little bit too stretchy. And these pants, in the right light, I mean, you can see things. Um, that's the other thing, panty lines. I don't know why. It was something that was ingrained in me when I was a kid. But uh, just a slight hint of a panty line is fucking attractive. I, 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 I don't get it. Again, boobs, you know, yes, very nice. They're not going to draw my attention like a nice behind is, is going to. Um, arms, as a matter, interestingly enough, it's something that I really appreciate. A woman with very nice, you know, arms is, is attractive. Eyes are huge for me. Big, big eyes are huge for me. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's something very attractive. Now, here's the thing, though, that it's not just about women. There's a lot of things I find attractive in men, too. And I think a lot of it has to do is that when I, I look at, uh, at other men, it has to do with the things that I wish that I had. So I, it, when I acknowledge the beauty of, of, another, of, of another man, it has to do with like, oh, God damn it, I wish I had that. And, I, and a big part of it has to do with abs. And, and, and I'll tell you where it came from. Um, there was a girl that I dated in high school, very, very early on in high school. We Actually, we still keep in touch. My daughter caught me texting her the other day. Relax. My wife knows that she, they and I text, and we're you know we're we're good friends. We just stay in touch. But, um, anyways, I was dating her. Uh, you know, one of those fucking things that last about a month. And at one point, she said we were talking about, hey, what do you like about you know me, and what do I like about you, and, and kind of going through that song and dance. She's like, oh no, you're you're very very cute, and blah blah blah. She's like, the only thing is. I'm looking forward to the day that you have Brad Pitt abs. Now, Thelma and, Lu- Thelma and Louise had just come out, or had come out about a year or so prior to this conversation. And there's that scene when Thelma, Louise, I forget which one, uh, is fucking around with Brad Pitt in a bedroom right before he steals their money. Oops, sorry, spoiler alert. But he steals their money. And he's wearing this fucking cowboy hat, and um, it has a blow dryer in his hand, and he's pretending to be some kind of bad hombre and he's lying on he's 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 standing in such a way that his torso is just aligned the right way and and his abs are just showing and of course it's lit perfectly and whatnot he looks like a fucking god and when she said that i went back i mean i rented the movie i looked at the movie and i'm like fuck i don't know i mean i'm i'm skinny but I'm not muscular. And I think that that just kind of, just that, that was like a thing. Like it got stuck in my head of like, that's the goal. You got to have those fucking abs. But those fucking abs are hard to get, man. I have never come close. And I've been very, very lean. And I have worked out. I have played sports for a long time. But getting those abs, that fucking rib is tough. They were giving, what is the guy that played uh, Star-Lord on uh, um, Chris Pratt? They were giving him a hard time of how he looked in um, Infinity War, that he had gained weight. And, and if you remember back in the um, 
Parks and Rec days, I mean, he was kind of, he was a chubby dude. And the fact that he leaned to that degree, I'm like, oh, there's hope for me. And then in Infinity War, he went back to putting on the pounds, and you can see it in the movie, and they even mention it throughout. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, assholes. It's fucking hard to get abs that way. And so when, you know, it fucking uh, uh, Marvel does this to their characters. But look at Paul Rudd, which is also already a fucking funny and attractive and just somebody that's, that, that, that I, I emulate his humor sometimes. Um, but you look at him in Ant-Man and he, he's, he's ripped, right? Or you have, what's his name, Thor guy. Uh, Chris Hemworth too, and, and well, all the fucking superheroes, um, they can, they're all like completely well fit, and, and they have these abs, and and I gotta remember, it takes a shitload of work, and your eating has to be quite right, and you know, they work at it, and this is their job to look that way, but for me, it's like, fuck, but so whenever I see it, my whole point is that whenever I see it, I do, I, I stare, and I <laughs> hope and and I and, and and it's marvelous to see. I mean, it is. It's it's a pleasure to see because it's it's it, you can tell that it, it can be achievable. It's hard to get, but it's achievable. Um, I think thick thighs do it for me. My wife has always liked soccer. Well, doesn't matter. She liked football players a lot. And uh, and one of the things it is I know for her is that they have these fucking super big thick um, thighs. Uh you may have an idea of why she likes that. I, I won't you know, telegraph that, all of it for you. Well, I've told you guys on this show that I have skinny legs, and I've had skinny legs forever, and so they used to make fun of me back in the day for having skinny legs. So, of course, right? A dude shows up, and they have these great calves, and I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Wouldn't it be nice to see that? But I, but it's, it's not a, oh, I hate that dude. I, it's actually like, man, yeah, he's got it going on. And good, you know, good on you, man. Now, I don't want to be so down on myself because I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm an attractive person in my own way. And I've had enough encounters over the years to know that I'm an attractive person. And I've been objectified. Um, and truth be told, I don't really care too much. Um, I have... Over the years, both men and women have complimented me on a variety of things. And each and everything has been a shot in the arm. It's something that I needed, something that I, that I fished for, like I said. I don't mind being objectified. Here's the thing, though, is that I understand that as a man, <clears throat> the chances that it, this objectification is going to harm me personally, that it's going to hurt me, uh, that I am going to be physically harmed, it has never been a bother. I can, for the most part, take care of myself. And also, I'm never in these positions where, you know, I'm not going to be attacked. Or somebody is not going to take that up, uh, objectification and dial it up to 20. You know, it just has never happened for me that way. I understand, though, that women have to deal with that. That... Cat calls are scary things. Um, I've seen enough videos online, uh, fake and not fake, but even just the concept of of, of you walking around and men or you know, and people saying shit to you that you did not expect to, to hear. That's a scary thing. I can empathize with that. 
looks can be scary too. And I'm not saying, you know, everything is a trigger. And, 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 I, and there's, I, I've always say everything with moderation. But, you know, sometimes, I, I mean, I don't know what that is truly like to be objectified. Even, and, and don't give me the shit of like, well, you know, then don't dress that way. You, you should be able to dress wherever, wherever fucking way you want. Um, well, okay, within, again, with moderation. But you should be able to wear a short skirt. You should be able to wear something low cut. You should be able to wear a tight sweater, wherever the fuck you want to wear, lady. And, and no, that doesn't give others permission to touch. It doesn't make other people to make, uh, you know, comments that are going to scare you. And yeah, your trigger point may be different than mine. I got to respect your trigger point, right? Um, and I know that there's some folks that are going to disagree with me. And, and also, it's, it is specific to, to the place and the moment, you know, it's alcohol in the picture because, again, the loss of inhibition can cause issues, can cause havoc. Um, and things can be misunderstood very, very quickly. But I will, again, so again, I will only speak for myself. I have, I have been objectified and I have never, mounted, I, have, I shouldn't say that, I seldom have mounted, uh, minded. I appreciate being found attractive by my wife, and by others. It's needed. It's part of the reason why I wear what I wear. It's part of the reason why I share what I share. Now, one of, and I tweeted about this earlier, is the fact that things are shifting for me, though, that I am going through through a different phase now, and, and part of it has to do with the fact that, that I also now, I'm a father, and I have a son that I'm trying, well, a son and a daughter that I'm raising, and I want them to get their cues of how you go about sharing space with others. And I don't want them to see their dad as somebody who isn't respectful of others. That doesn't mean, though, that my, parents, that my children have never seen me flirt. I do it all the time. But it's how I do it. Um, should... Married men flirt? Yeah. Because it's... I don't see it as harmful. Does my wife flirt? She does. she fucking anybody else? No. Um, am I? No. But there's something to be said about being out in the world and somebody acknowledging, hey, you're cute. Hey, you're attractive. All with moderation. Anyways, Sir Mix a Lot, thank you for that video. During those teenage years, it brought me a great deal of joy. Peace, y'all.